0: Good morning everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy author of epic fantasy romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Well, oh, that's good. That's my first uh, at home cup of coffee in a number of days. So I'm back home today is Monday August 1st and I returned home from Apollycon yesterday and it was it was truly a wonderful convention. It was fabulous. So I have lots to say about it. Um, uh, quite a few take home messages. I pretty much uh, called grace draven bestie as I was leaving the airport and we talked my entire one hour drive home. I like as I was leaving the parking garage I called her and she picked up right away and it was like want to hear the breakdown. so um, so yeah nice to be home nice to be back. Uh, it's good to go places. Um, uh, it was really productive conference but I'm also happy to be back in my garden and now for for several weeks a couple weeks anyway. No like three almost three. Ah. Uh. So, um, astute and, uh, dedicated listeners among you may be surprised that I'm podcasting today because you may have remembered that I was supposed to have jury duty today, but they called me on Friday afternoon and said that I was no longer needed. I'm still on call for jury duty through the end of August, but, um, that thing got canceled. So my theory is, is that they. Like settled out of court on Friday. They called me. Well, I maybe they settled out of court on Thursday. They, uh, because they called me fairly early in the day, Eastern time on Friday. Organized of them, huh? I really appreciated that they called and let me know so early so that I didn't have to, uh, truck down to the courthouse. Um, I would have had to be leaving about this time so I got a day back which is good I did get writing done when I was on site but I didn't get a lot done um I wanted to get my 2,000 words a day on Thursday and Friday I did get 2,000 words on Wednesday before I left so that was good but I ended up getting um A little over 2000 between thursday and friday. I got like um, almost 600 on thursday. There were a lot of distractions on thursday and I got in very late. Um, so I I slept in some and then got up and I was rooming with jennifer eastep. So we were chatting and then we went for a walk and found the starbucks and got back and sat in the lobby and did some writing and Jennifer is very good about um, you know sitting quietly by but of course that's what you get for sitting in the lobby you're asking for it. So you know lots of distractions people talking and then agent Sarah arrived and she took me out to lunch. So that was nice. We got to have a good conversation and um, yeah and then on Friday I did a little better I got like 1488 on Friday I uh, Jennifer had panels to do and I did not so I walked to the Starbucks and did an hour of writing there and then um, another hour once I got back to the room and I was hoping to get those last 500 words but it um, it didn't work out that way. We were setting up tables we went and ate lunch things but that was pretty good for being on site. Um and now I got today back an extra day which is good because um the other thing that happened Friday was David's uh, movement disorder specialist called th- their office called reminding him his, his appointment this afternoon at two fifteen in Albuquerque and I was like did we know about this. I don't think it was on the calendar anywhere. Uh, So I'm going to have to talk to the nurse about that because it's just fortunate that it worked out. Um, if I'd had jury duty still I don't know what we would I guess we would have had to cancel and reschedule. So things work out a lot of rain while I was gone the rain gauge had over three inches in it when I got back Uh, we got some last night but I don't think anything measurable I could go look but um, it's definitely good for breeding mosquitoes if you're on video you'll see me whacking the mosquitoes. So I even made um, some notes on the airplane things that I was thinking about on the back of my hotel bill (laughs) which was actually quite reasonable I really do have to hand it to a polycon um, if you've been listening to me for a long time you will have heard me talk about. Um, conferences and other events I guess that don't pay authors and how it's a problem. So So this is leading me into many other thoughts that was thus the long pause but so I heard a story while I was at a polycon about um another conference that's a writer's conference actually I'm not going to tell that story here I'm sorry sorry to tantalize you uh, to fill in for those of you who have not been listening for a long time. Uh, I had resolved some years ago to stop going to conferences that ask authors to pay a registration fee that is equivalent to or more than what the attendees pay. Uh, and there are a lot that do that. Um, because basically they're building their reader conference on the backs of authors wanting to get promo and um, RT had become a big offender that way. Uh, it's bastard child StoryCon is doing the same thing, if not worse, uh, asking authors to pay a very high registration fee and then to mosquito, uh, and then to do all sorts of sponsorships. In addition, uh, there are other conferences where they would just like charge the authors substantially more and the reader attendees and it was aggravating to me because you know, basically you're being their content and you are paying to be their content. Uh we'll be right back there. That's better. Sorry. so anyway a lot of that stuff grew up around the rise of self-publishing where so many authors were willing to invest in promo which there's nothing wrong with that but (laughs) especially some of the smaller cons and I went to a few of them and I paid my money and they tried to extract more money from me and I watched them go after authors um, like Dorinda who is very kind and has a hard time saying no and who they saw as having lots of money and they would ask her to pay more and more and more uh, which she did and which drove me crazy. Um, and now I know that some of them don't like me because I got in the way of them tapping money for Dorinda. I'm happy to be mean that way. So (laughs) sorry that that would like lead into a whole nother rant. Um, but you know I feel like this this whole community that grew up around tapping authors for money. Um, in the name of readers getting to do things or um, these other industries that were growing fat off of it. Um. It was it was a bad scene and worse some of these smaller cons like I went back to one two years in a row and it was exactly the same people and not only was it exactly the same readers. It many of these were having fewer and fewer actual readers at them including RT and more aspiring authors which it's fabulous to have aspiring authors there. We love having aspiring authors involved. Uh, But when you are paying as an author to go to a conference in order to expand your reach to new readers then that's a you know not necessarily a good thing. Yes writers are readers too but you really want to reach the power of readers. Uh, And that's that's important to some of the things I want to say about why I found a Polycon really excellent there were a couple of problems Uh, I hope we'll get to do a feedback form but um the buy-in for a polycon is very inexpensive it's $150 for an author to have a table um there were three three hour signings which was a lot um and we were tired afterwards um this is sponsored by Jennifer L. Armantrout and Jennifer ended up I heard from other people that she skipped on Saturday, skipped lunch and skipped dinner and she was still signing at eight o'clock at night trying to get through her line. So I'll be interested to know how she rejiggers it for the future. She's going to have to figure out um, a way to, to maintain her health and still give the fan service. So it's a cheap buy in, you know, otherwise we pay our travel costs and hotel and food and so stuff which we would have to do for every other conference right? Um, so the investments inexpensive investing in having your books there your swag and so forth but the Apolicon readers the way that Jennifer set this up is Jennifer and her team and the Apolicon team were really great too. Like I said a couple of problems things I think were probably not entirely in their control. Uh, some of this might be like first in-person event coming out of pandemic but this crowd of readers was so refined and so exactly wanting the kind of thing that I write. Um, and that Jennifer writes and so forth. Some of the Venn diagrams got a little you know tangential but it was um, You know 2000 readers and I think something like a hundred authors maybe I, I don't think I know the exact number. So the ratio was fantastic and these were power readers. These were the people who um they were there to see their favorite authors and get signatures but then they were also looking for new to meme authors and they were um ready to to spend money and they bought books like crazy I have never sold books at an event like this um it was uh, incredibly well worth it well worth my time and the best part is is I really reached so many readers who are like I said power readers love to read enthusiastic parts of the fandom and who had never heard of me. And so this sort of brings in an interesting question because, and you all have heard me if you've listened for a while, you've listened to me talk about the competing of, oh, I say demands and that's not right, reward system maybe, goals of being a career author, because there's a lot of reasons to try to make your living as an author, right? Um, and the first and foremost should be love of story. I think if you don't love to write if you don't love story. Um, then it's gonna be really hard for you because that's what carries you through the hard times and there will be hard times. So if you're not doing it because you love it reconsider but love of story then there are other reasons. Um, making money you know keeping the lights on. Uh and and as with I think probably all human professions. There's a sense that the more money you make the more successful you are and the more you can feel good about it. That's not a, a straight line. I know some really amazing trad pub authors. Uh, some I was talking with over this weekend who are making very little money and we were kind of talking about why are they not making more money the simple answer to that is that the trad traditional publishers will get away with paying authors. (laughs) It's really a mosquitoy morning. They'll get away with paying authors as little as they possibly can and um, yeah, enough said but you know so there is making money is one thing. Um. And so reaching new readers is kind of a double pronged thing because you want to reach new readers because part of the whole point of writing a book is you want people to read it. It connects that circuit between the creator and the consumer of the creation. Um I've known writers who say, Well, I write only for myself and I'm happy that way. And it's like, Oh, well, great. But, you know, why why would you write something that no one will ever read? It doesn't make sense to me. That's um part of the sure there's that creative upwelling but the circuit is completed when somebody receives the creation and reacts to it but then also reaching more readers means more success uh, more money enables you to do more things uh, enables you to not worry about paying the mortgage in some of our cases but then there's always the ego thing, right? And the ego thing isn't entirely bad, you know, and I know I talk down ego. I talk about fighting ego and ego being a problem and ego can be a problem, but ego is also what gets you through the hard times. Um, believing in yourself, believing in your work, um, having that strong enough belief in yourself and in what you're doing that you can, I don't want to say ignore the rejections but um, you know that sort of that idea of having a thick skin. Nobody really ever has a thick skin but especially as a creator you tend to have a thin and sensitive skin but that ego is what will help bolster you so that you can get through the rejections and the scathing reviews and the various slings and arrows of working in a creative industry. So you have to have a healthy ego but not an overweening ego but at events like this ego can really come into play because of course you have someone like Jennifer L Armitrout who's enormously successful and signing you know as long as she could stay on her feet and so it's easy to envy that success although a bunch of us were like sitting around in the bar we found this great back nook in the bar and we were back there eating and drinking wine because we were all so exhausted after nine hours of signing and and that was where we were hearing that Jennifer was down there still signing and it was eight o'clock at night and she was still signing and had people in line and they were restructuring the line and all of this and we were all like you know it's easy to envy Jennifer's success and at the same time we were also grateful that we were not still in that line um so. It's great to do this fan service. There were other off authors there who were ticketed authors. And Grace and I had even discussed ahead of time, like why were these the ticketed authors uh, where they could predict who was going to have the really, really along the lines. And I was interested in how did they predict it. And some of the fallout from that was, is they, they didn't always predict well. I don't know if they had any authors who were ticketed that they predicted incorrectly but there were certainly other authors there that ended up with huge long lines that they had not predicted would. Um, and those authors they actually did a great job as soon as they saw a huge long line forming and it happened with um, Danielle Jensen's table was like a couple up from mine I was right next to Jennifer and almost immediately in that first signing this huge line started forming and it was snaking in front of our tables and I was thinking oh this is going to suck because no one's going to be able to see our tables because we're going to have this line in front of us which happens at signings. It does and you just have to be Zen about it. Although you're muttering to yourself well this sucks. Um, (laughs) but uh, polycon people jumped on it I mean they were within minutes they were there and they were laying the tape out on the floor and getting the line to snake so it didn't block anyone's table and I was super impressed by that and then they were handing out wristbands for people um at the end of the line so that they could come back later when their number group was called. So. You know so it was like well why didn't they predict Danielle Jensen would have a long line because she certainly very popular. She's blown up recently blown up I love that we use these terms. So um, what was my point I know I had one. Oh that it's easy to to succumb to the envy um, and the proddings of ego and be like well why does Daniel Jensen have such a huge long line and I don't um, but I had steady flow and it was really cool I had people showing up with like old copies of the mark of the tala or the pages of the mind which I did not have copies there with me. Um, one person showed up like first thing Saturday morning she was like on a trajectory and she came and she brought her whole stack of like all of the 12 kingdoms and the uncharted realms books And that was so cool. And it was, it's gratifying to, to meet those people who have been reading you for a long time, but I realized that, sorry, it's slightly loud at the garbage trucks going by on the streets. You're hearing that, but it's, um, for me, I had so many readers coming to my table saying you're a new to me author tell me about your books and I realized that the authors with the huge long lines they weren't reaching new readers necessarily maybe they got some but for me I reached so many new readers and it was like Jeffy this is the point this is why you're here um and so that was so productive for me with this with this convention um I will be back in April for the 2023 one and it'll be interesting to me to see how it goes will there be a certain point at which reading new readers taps out and as you're a very successful author like you know Jennifer Armitrout has this huge audience now so maybe she doesn't need to reach new readers. Although I know it's something that Dorinda thinks about all the time. Uh, but you know like for Danielle Jensen. Um how do you do that balance between making sure that your fans get to see you but then also reaching new readers. It's a it's an ongoing question right? Uh, but anyway great convention for this. Uh, and I think it's important to remember that there's just like different circles of readers because Jennifer Step, like I said sitting next to me has this huge huge platform in urban fantasy and some in fantasy romance but she did not have a long enough line to be ticketed and I think at times was like well you know it's easy to just you know to feel a little sad about that. But I think it's because this set of readership (laughs) we should keep track of how many mosquitoes did I kill during this podcast. Um, that you know this readership was slightly different enough from her usual platform. She did have readers showing up with like all 19 elemental assassins books but then she had other people wanting to know who she was and what she wrote. So so you want that balance. All right. Long podcast today but that's my jeez that one just dive bombed straight from my nose. Um, that's my assessment of a polycon. Thumbs up. Uh, I don't know if you can still get on for 2023, but it's worth a try, right? Um, I'll, I'll see if I can put the author interest form in the show notes just in case. All right. Uh, I hope that you all have a wonderful Monday and I will talk to you tomorrow morning. You all take care. Bye bye.